Welcome to All Things Beer, a Pat's Pints Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention. So grab a beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. All right, all things beer listeners, back with another episode. This is one we're squeezing in before the new year, mostly prompted by Columbus Underground here in Columbus. It's kind of a local online press, has issued their Columbus top 10 brewery list. So we thought maybe we would reflect a little bit on that and then offer our own top 10 list. Uh, This is the kind of time of year when people release these kind of lists, right? Yes, and as they say... Opinions are like assholes, and most of them stink. So I don't agree with everything on Columbus Underground lists, and I rarely do. And this has created quite a bit of fodder on kind of a text thread that we keep with a few of our beer-drinking friends. We used to call it the Beer Book Club. We read beer books. We got together to talk about them. Nobody reads anymore, but we also drink. So now it's been mostly popularly known as the Beer Knucklehead Thread. I think that's appropriate. Uh, But it takes a different name on every week, depending on who renames it. So we've got recurring guest Bill Capen on here. Hello, hello. Also known as the one most likely to refute this list with us in the morning when we're having coffee, waiting for everyone in the world to wake up. It's a dream come true to have the Columbus Underground list come out, because we always have our own individual thoughts, Mm -hmm. and to actually be able to come together and hash those thoughts out is fantastic. Yeah, so we're not here to bash any breweries, but we're definitely here to say why we would convincingly argue that some of these breweries maybe should stay on the list and some of them maybe wouldn't have made our list. Yeah, I think we have to recognize that we probably represent a different demographic than everybody who responds to the Columbus Underground user poll. I like to call it the opinion that counts. (laughs) Well, I'm totally sure that we have nailed the middle-aged homebrewing Midwestern white guy demographic. I would stand behind our list with that group. What I do think is interesting is you can talk demographics, but the three of us do have very different beer styles and we do gravitate towards very different favorites. That Mm -hmm. said, as we kind of hashed out our initial lists, it was pretty impressive to see just how much common ground there was between the three of us. Yes, absolutely. So to start off and gasps and groans are accepted as I read through the Columbus Underground Top 10 of 2023. Do we want to do this backwards, Casey Kasem style? Let's do it backwards. It's a countdown. Number 10, Gamut Beer Garden. That's a big groan for me. I'm going to say it right now. And in number nine, Combustion Brewery. Number eight, Parsons North Brewing Company. Seven, Jackie O's on fourth. And in sixth place, D-Rive Brewing Company. I would say that that's probably our local. Those in combustion. Two locals, yep. uh, I would say. In and then Yellow Springs. That's right. And so counting backwards, so that puts D-Rive at what, the sixth spot? Number six. So number five. Top five. This is a big groan for all of us. Noctera Brewing. Boy, I love your beer, but daycare. I can't do it. Counting down, we're at number four. Columbus Brewing Company, and the big three, here we go. Wolf's Ridge Brewing, Seven Sun Brewing Company at number two, and number one, 
Columbus Underground Top 10 2023, Land Grant Brewing Company, also known as the Ice Rink. There's a lot of great breweries on that list, and as people will see, some of them are also on our list and some of them not. But yeah. I think, you know, the criteria, probably the average person who fills out the Columbus Underground list might be a little younger, maybe not taking detailed notes and doing a brewery podcast. So I, I, I think a lot of it's just reader poll. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's an embarrassment of riches when you look at just the number of quality breweries we have access to in central Ohio. Absolutely. Every single one of these breweries is somebody's favorite because everybody has their favorite place to go. But it is interesting to kind of see that top 10 as we hash out ours. And another interesting item, I went back in time and grabbed the Columbus Underground top 10 of 2013. And I thought it would draw some interesting parallels and exclusions. Five of the breweries on this list are, for lack of a better term, closed. Some for more curious reasons than others. The most curious one, starting with the actual brewing company at number 10, Open one day in Clintonville. The, the Clintonville location was a short run. Wow. Wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. At one time, I would have told you, Pat, your favorite brewery was Actual. Yeah, I liked Actual a lot. And they I was had sad good to see beers. them go. They had uh, the science theme, which really resonates with you. Good branding. Uh, good branding. Mm-hmm. Wow. How far the mighty fall. So going into number nine, Rock Mill Brewery. They had an ill-fated attempt at a restaurant, and thanks to COVID, that went away. That was very nice. Bill and I were talking about mm-hmm. it earlier. Yeah. Loved Rock Mill Tavern. Yeah, that, that, that place was, was fantastic. Food was excellent. Um, all their bottles were available, and yeah. I loved it. Well, the brewery has since sold, and they have kept the branding, but I don't know that much brewing's going on out there, if somebody wants to correct me on that, but I think they're kind of dissipating from market. Yeah, I was out there a couple times over the summer, and... Yeah. Uh, the place is still there, and it's actually it's a really cool place oh, to go. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Can't really quite figure out what's going on with the brewing. It sort of seemed like they were rolling out of things that they had left over. Yeah, almost. a lot of guest taps, too. Yeah, yeah. Then we got Zauber, number eight, also closed. Yeah, Zauber in the space that's now occupied by Endeavor. That's right. Right, yeah. A very early entrant to this Columbus brewing scene. I remember going there early on on Norton Road when all they had was growler fills. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wolf's Ridge Brewing coming in seven, still around four string brewing closed. Wolf's Ridge is now in four strings production space. Six North High Brewing. Well, their original tap rooms closed, but they're still going strong with these cohatch locations. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got the new place up in Westerville. Mm-hmm. I haven't been up there yet, but I'm looking forward to get up there. Yep, yep. And in fifth place, Elevator Brewing closed, which leads us to. Uh, Jackie O's on fourth. Yeah. Moving into their space. We at least aren't losing spaces. Like a lot right. of these places <laughs> that have gone away are now different breweries, which yeah. is a little bit like restaurants, isn't it? Well, that's a good point. What rank was Elevator there on 2013? They are fourth in Four 2013. on the 2013 list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised they were the that high. Three, we got Barley's Brewing Company. Wonderful. We got number two, Columbus Brewing Company. Wonderful. And Seven Sun Brewing. In number one. One thing I can tell you about the top 10 Columbus Underground for the last 10 years, it has always either been Land Grant or Seventh Sun in that number one spot. Every year. They traded back and forth, back and forth. I think Land Grant's maybe held it for three or four years now. I mean, it's also worth noting that in 2013, like 
making the top 10 list might have been making the upper half of all the breweries, right? Yeah. There are a lot fewer breweries back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we want to get into kind of why we have developed criterium for this on what we look for in a brewery, what we would think would make a top 10 list. And in creating that criterium, that can involve many facets, uh, liquid, location, environment on site, branding. Some places have really cool branding. Land Grant's one. Hoofhearted is definitely one. I think Noctera has great branding. Good branding, yeah. So that's important. Uh, customer service and staff is something to consider. And going around, we'll start with Bill. And I know what your favorite is the last one, but what are your most important qualities to consider? So it's all important. But to me, bad service can kill everything else. I have no interest going someplace, having a really good beer. If the place smells bad, if the place is obnoxious, if I'm ignored... What if there's a bunch of kids running around? Takes away from the experience immensely. Mm -hmm. The service is important to me. And it's not that hard. It takes consistent focus. And I applaud places that do that. There are many of the breweries who do a great job. But the service is very important to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the most important consideration, but it is definitely a deal breaker if it ain't there. Yeah. Now, Pat took the very scientific approach. As we were breaking these down, he came out with a four-page rubric to calculate his on a point system. A little complicated, maybe, but Pat, go ahead and break down what you're looking for. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a scientist, so and mm -hmm. we're going to go on public record with my list. I mean, I want to think through it carefully, and I don't want to just be like, uh, ah, just like on a on a whim. You don't want to do it like I do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. that's why we're a team. That's why that's we're right. a team, yeah. So I had four criteria on my rubric. The first two, which are weighted more, they're worth four points each, had mm -hmm. to do with the quality of the beer. And I divided into two things. One of them is, let me take the top three beers from this place yeah. and compare them against every place else. And my thinking there is like, well, it's great to do a lot of things good, but on the other hand, if I really comes down to it, I'm going to award some extra points if the best thing you do is better than any place else I can get it. That's where somewhere like Gamute really yeah, excels. absolutely. I had another beer one, which was really about overall quality and variety, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I have some respect for a place that can do totally different styles of beer and do them well. Yeah. Consistently, for yes, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, and some breweries do great beers, but then also there's some you're like, man, I don't know. You yeah. should be selling that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last two were more about the experience. So one of them, and this is where three points, is really just the overall quality of the destination. Like if somebody comes from out of town and I'm like, hey, you should go to this place. And, you know, we've all traveled a lot and there's a lot of breweries out there. There's 8,000 breweries in the country or maybe more. And some of them, like you can find that kind of brewery just about everywhere. Sure. So if there's a place that's kind of unique, either the space or the overall vibe or even just the specific niche of beer, then that, that was worth extra points to me. And then the, the last one was, what is a place that I would like to hang out? What is a place I go there? I feel comfortable. I like the clientele. I get good service. So those were my criteria. Well, I would say mine is 80% liquid. I'm most concerned about the liquid. I'd rather drink the best beer in the world out of a brown paper sack in a park bench than in a glorious place. However, I love a glorious place, and service doesn't matter to me so much. I generally get good service here in Columbus. That's because you're a celebrity. That said... <laughs> got plenty of friends. I love them all, but I'm not out fishing for new friends. If you want to frown when you hand me a beer, I don't really care as long as it's the best beer I've ever had. So I would say, yeah, we've got three different approaches. Uh, one leaning heavily on the service side, one heavily on the liquid side, 
And then Pat picks up everything in the middle. Yeah. Now, now I have data in my approach too because I, I had a point system that I leveraged when I was blogging. But to me, and this is the same way I approach all data in my life, data is great to guide, but I never make a final decision on data. It's a good guide, but at the end of the day, we're people. And so if I look at something, if I look at a list, it's like, yeah, the numbers say this one's better. But gosh, you know what? I like this one better. Yeah. I have no problem saying, you know what? Then that one bumps up. And that's good to say because as we went through and made sure that we were happy with the order of our final list that we're going to present today, we did go through each one and say, is number two actually not as good as number one? Before we jump into the list, you know, I love to play games. And on this podcast, we oftentimes do a little game. So we're going to do a lightning round game. I'm just going to throw out a very specific kind of thing. It might be about beer or food or ambiance. And you guys just tell me, hey, this is the top place or maybe the top two. Lightning round means we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time debating it. So I'm going to cut it off once we go past about 30 seconds on anyone. But let's get into that. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Ready. All right. Where is the best place to get an IPA? Columbus Brewing Company. Who farted? Okay. Can't mm. argue with those choices, really. Hazy versus classic, though. And that and those are Bill our and I are, that's our taste. So yeah. that's good. Where is the best place to get a barrel-aged stout? Jackie's. Yeah. Well, if you go on the right day, Barley's isn't a bad place to get a barrel-aged stout. Man. True. Yeah. Good True. point. Good point. But, okay. but I think, yeah, I would probably go Jackie's overall. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. What about the best place to get, uh, let's say, a German or Czech lager? Commute. Commute. Yeah, commute. But... Sometimes good stuff out at Edison. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's a close second. And I don't know, are we counting Hofbrauhaus in here? No. No, oh. I don't think they factored in. Yeah, fair enough. All right, what about uh, the best place to get uh, British-style beer? Barley's. Barley's. There it is. One brewery that hasn't even come up yet, but might be in the discussion here, might be Temperance Row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, Scott Didn't Francis. Didn't make the top ten, yeah. but... Godfather of brewing in Columbus, yeah, Ohio. Yeah. Big fan of the British styles, too, for sure. sure. What about sour beer? Pretentious. Jackie O's all the way. Well, you know, this debate has been going on uh, for <laughs> quite a while this week before we did this, so we'll take a bit more time on this one. I'm going to say that I can see both points of view. I think, you know, Jackie O's was really the OG for sour beers in Ohio. Absolutely. Uh, but Pretentious, I think, does a great job. You know, the way Josh does the blending out there and the way he incorporates different kinds of things is great. I will say one of the things is, I think the Jackie O's sour beers are not actually made in Columbus. They're probably yeah. made down in Athens. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like but, all their beers. But I think you can make an argument for either case, really. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the blending, Jackie O's is also blending. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they for also sure. know how to brew, which is kind of interesting for a brewery. Well, we're talking about warp production, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's we had this debate because Pretentious gets their wart from other breweries. I that's don't correct. know who's making their wart at the moment. The only thing I'll say about that is that there are some great sour breweries across the world. Some of the uh, Lambic breweries, like for a long time, Three Fontenine, mm-hmm. they got their wart from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, another brewery that started in that mold was Crooked Stave out in Denver. They were getting their wart from other people. And I can't deny that those are great breweries. To me, it's a business decision, right? If you're going to open a brewery that's only sour, there's a long tail on that. And so to me, it it makes a lot of sense because you're starting small because you're brand new. So leveraging, you know, kind of a contract brewing setup, I think makes a lot of sense. I've loved every sour beer I've had from Jackie O's. And I think Jackie O's is a fantastic, wonderful brewery. And we'll get into a lot of details there. 
the best sour beer I've had, and I'm not talking just Columbus. The best sour beer I've had is pretentious. Um, That's a big statement. It's a big statement, but I've never been to Belgium, have you? I've not been to Belgium. Um, but if you want to take me, Mark, I and would. we can do a I podcast would. there. Let's do it. I would love to. Well, all that said, I think we should open a Oak Age Saison soured with cherries. From Jackie O's. Cambaro. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to say no. Nor am I. That's great. Oh, that's full of cherries. It's freaking delicious. Pretty good. <laughs> the listeners can't see it, but this beer is... It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful oh, crimson man. red, great clarity. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a cherry beer should look like. Oh, yeah. It's very good. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the lightning round, so we're going to keep, keep going. Keep going, Pat. All right. Now, we're going to shift away from styles of beer to other experiences when you go to the tap room or have a few that would be about food. Where would be the best place to get a burger? Derive. CBC Burger is my favorite with Derive. Ooh, yeah. With Derive being, I, I mean, we're splitting hairs. That's close. Yeah. I, they're I, both great. They're, they're both great. They yeah. are. Can't go they're wrong both great. A lot of these, let's mention, don't even have food. You know, just That's have true. food trucks. That's true. Or, but sometimes you're in the mood for a burger. And so yeah. you listen to this podcast. Where do you go? You go to one of Jackie those two places. might be good if good, uh, good friends <laughs> can align their hours with the tap room itself because – what I think that's kind of a miss. What What is their hours? They open at 4 regardless of Jackie O's hours. So even though Jackie O's might be open at noon, you can't get lunch there then. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's unfortunate. It's kind of a miss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe they'll tweak that. At the risk that we might get the same two answers, where's the best place to get a pizza? Ooh, CBC probably for me. CBC. Yeah, CBC. I also like Derive, close second. Right. Same. <laughs> yeah. But they kind of lean towards a Detroit style. I really like their pizza. At CBC, yeah, mm. they do. I've been running Euchre there on Monday nights, so I've been eating a lot of their pizza, splitting it with old Joey Chambo down there, my Euchre partner. Okay, yep. What about if you just want, like, a appetizer or something to snack on while you're having a beer at happy hour? Oh, that's easy. Gamute Bavarian pretzels. Oh, here's kind of, this is a kind of a softball. Where, where's the best place to get uh, sauerkraut balls? No, Barley's. (laughs) Barley's. Easy. All right. What about the best overall food? What if you were going to, yeah, just the best overall food? Drive. Probably drive. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a step up. To me, best overall food is going to be a a whole food experience, and that's going to be Wolf's Ridge for me. Ooh, okay. Now you got to be in the front of the house there, and we've talked about this lately. That back of the house, doubling the price of every pub menu you've ever seen doesn't work for me. Now, up front, it's an upscale restaurant. Yeah. And you are to expect a lot more for that dollar amount. But derived to me is Wolf Ridge, Taproom, half price. Fair enough. I think that's fair. But I will say that the front of house restaurant at Wolf's Ridge would hold up pretty well against any brewery in the country. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. It's a fine dining restaurant. A couple questions now about, let's say, ambiance or things you might do while you're out. Well, where would you say has the best beer garden? Probably Land Grant. I'm going to say Gamut. Yeah. Very different style. I like that there's no TVs at Gamut, but I also like if I'm watching a sports game that they have TVs at Langrand and a very big one that I've helped set up many times. Yeah, I'm going to have to give the edge to Landgrant because that's a very unique kind of beer garden and, of course, a very big one. But the one at Gamut is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Definitely. since you mentioned it, if you wanted to go watch a sporting event, you want to go watch a, a big game, where would you go? Land Grant. For me, and it's only happened once, and I, I don't even know if they have this option often, but to me, the best place I've watched a game in Ohio was Seventh Sun. Up top, that space that they've got on mm-hmm. the second floor, mm-hmm. fantastic. 
Yeah, and there was a time they would have told you they were never going to put a TV in that brewery <laughs> when it was just a brewery downstairs. But sure, now that it's got the upstairs overflow room, they do show sporting events up there. And a cool space. Yeah, it's a great space. Great view of the brewery, retractable roof, woven lawn chairs, artificial turf. They've got it all up there. It's nice. Now, this last one, I'm going a little bit outside of the norm, but some places do it, so it's kind of rare. But where's the best place to see a live music? Probably Land Grant again. I think so, probably. Great stage. Built that stage. Actually, the point is actually not very many places do that. Do that. Not really. Not here in town. Now, what about you, Pat? Best place to slip on ice after drinking? (laughs) That'd probably be Land Grant as well. I figured as much. Okay. All right. Well, you know. Maybe we'll end it here. We need to get into our list. We've been going on for a while. So I think, Bill, you're going to lead us through. You've got the list written down in front of you, right? And we're going to count it down from 10 to 1. We are. Before we do that, Pat, I know we, we had some some discussion on deriving this list. And we each had some breweries that kind of didn't make our final collective list. Do we maybe want to? I think all of us had to work to cut one. Yeah. 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 Do we maybe want to hit those before we get into our list? I think we definitely should. Well, Mark, since you've got strong feelings on that. Yeah. Let's start with you. Well, What what brewery did you have to cut that it hurt you? I had to cut Ill-Mannered. And I love those guys. I just went to the soft opening for the new spot that opened last week in Marysville, Ohio. So they have expanded to a new location with a new tap room. And I'm also moving to Marysville, Ohio. So I look forward to spending some time with them out there. Honest guys, nice guys. You always got them working at the brewery. You're always talking to an owner when you're there. I like that the styles they brew are not necessarily brewed for the masses, but brewed for their interest sake or the sake of science. So they do have a wide variety. And a lot of them are ones that are just really unique beers. So I like that about them. I like that they really focus on Ohio ingredients when they can. Just a lot of integrity out there, and I, I really like them a lot. So ill-mannered was the one that I had to cut that got outruled by you guys. But, you know, 10 is 10. 10 is 10. If we had a top 13 or 14, they totally yep. would have been in my list. I agree with everything you said. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, great guys. Pat, what about you? What did you have to cut? Mm-hmm. There were two breweries for me that at, at various points in time were on the list, but when we combined, didn't make it. Actually, one of them being Land Grant Brewing. And the reason why I like Land Grant a lot is... Well, first of all, as we just alluded to, it's a very kind of unique space. It's got a lot of ice. It's got a lot of ice in the winter, but the beer garden in the summer is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great place to hang out. They make a lot of beers at Land Grant. The turnover on beer styles is heavy, and some I like more than others. But the ones that are good, I like quite a bit. You know, yeah. so like Pool Party Pilsner, for example, oh, is, a, is fantastic. a fantastic Pilsner. I just had the Beard Crumbs Holiday Ale the other day. Yeah. Fantastic. And, you know, Dan Schaefer, who was on the last couple of episodes, uh, he does a great job. Oh, yeah. And also to note, probably one of the best brewers in town, the most creative. Very creative. Knows his ingredients inside and out. I would say Dan Schaefer is better than Land Grant as a whole. Just an amazing well, brewer. I mean, I also, I like the vibe down there. But, you know, anyway, we're letting it out of the bag that although that was the top of the CU list, it didn't make our list. Yep. And I think a little bit of that is there's a, definitely for Land Grant and Seven Sun, a big cool factor. And so we're not that cool anymore. So <laughs> what can <laughs> I, I feel say? Very, I feel very uh, old when I go to Land Grant. What impresses me the most about Land Grant, and, and Mark, this is a nod to you because I know you had a lot to do with this. Distribution for a new brewery is hard. And I, I know that you know distribution is, I think, what makes a lot of breweries struggle and not make it. Land Grant has distribution cracked. They're everywhere. 
And I know, Mark, yep. you know, when you and I first kind of met, I had a lot of questions for you about how that works and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. We did that by the bootstraps, and that built all of our Columbus area distribution all on our own until we sold to a distributor. Uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Great to grow that brewery. Loved it. Now, Bill, who's on your list that didn't make the combined list? Uh, so for me, uh, it was Two Tones. Yep. Um, yeah. I like those know, guys. Yeah. Two Tones mm-hmm. in Whitehall. You know, when you're there, a lot of times Anthony or Tony are there. Great guys. Are Anthony and Tony different guys? Because Tony's just short for Anthony. <laughs> they are. Okay. They're known for the Hop Ford beers. I think they do the Hop Ford stuff really, really well. Is it um, hazy, though? They definitely do some hazy. But um, not all hazy. Okay. Not all hazy. But they do other things, too. They, they've got a line of, of crumble, which is kind of their... Um, cream ale. Cream ale. That, uh-huh. you know, they'll put different adjuncts in that's always very good. I've never had a beer there that I didn't like. And the fact that, you know, I'm up in Delaware and make the trip to Whitehall. That's a haul. Uh, it is a haul. Mm-hmm. You know, just to go to Two Tones says a lot. I, I like that place. Pretty good. Pat goes there to get his hair cut. <laughs> so if you ever find my- a piece of Pat's hair in your beer, <laughs> you know why. Now, I, I want the listeners to know you actually cannot get your hair cut at Two Tones. <laughs> but where I get my hair cut out in Gahanna, it's oftentimes a stop. On Very the way okay. back to town. So, well, let's let's get into the list. Starting off tonight's list at number 10. So, number 10 on the collective list, Barley's Brewing. I'd put them higher, but, you know, I got you guys to contend with. Well, what I like about Barley's and why I think they absolutely deserve to be on the list is a couple things. I'm going to start with the most important thing, which is Angelo Signorino. Here, here. Right. Amen. Uh, and everybody loves Angelo. And with good reason. But here's a couple of other things. Barley's is the only place in the 270 loop where you could go get a cask ale, which is something that we all love. Yep. Another thing is, like, if you really think about their best beers, the best beers that Angelo makes are exceptional. Scottish. The Scottish. For sure. What about these barrel-aged stouts or the bourbon wire? Outstanding. He makes fantastic barley wines. Angelo's the first person in Columbus to make an IPA. Yep. Right? And so even though... They've been around forever, and sometimes the decor inside and the clientele would suggest that. It's very a uh, 90s brew pub kind of feel there. Mm-hmm. They're still reinventing themselves. Oh, uh, yeah. Angelo is not afraid to try new things. You know, they've yeah. introduced sours and other things. So, Well, it's one thing to be said also. I like an old cozy pub that makes sure. you feel like you're in the UK. There's nothing wrong with stained wood. I know everybody likes to paint everything now, but... Stainwood's nice. It doesn't have to all be cement and Edison lights. Yeah, it's, you know, as it's aged, but I, to me, that's part of the appeal. I love the event space downstairs. Oh, yeah. I think it's super cool, beautiful space. And if you ever get the chance to, you know, go behind the scenes, which I know you guys have, and, and see the actual brewing equipment and what he does back there and how he does it, it's impressive. Super cool. Sure is nice to know you can go there every time you go to a hockey game. That is true. That's true. Or a crew game or a concert. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's number nine, Bill? Moving into single digits now, at number nine, it's... Derive Brewing, right? Derive, yep. I'd put them higher, too. Mark, what are the criteria that you would move Derive higher? Well, Bill wouldn't agree with me, but service. You're a celebrity. I like that Peter or Luke are always there almost when I stop in, and always so eager to talk about beer with me. The food is outstanding. I can cycle there or walk there easily. Diversity in beers. They make a lot of different styles and make them all well. That Lost Leatherman is probably one of the best beers in the state. 
Well, we should say that The Lost Leatherman, which is an English mild, last year won Best in Show honors at the Ohio Craft Brewers competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are oftentimes very interesting things on there. They really do. You, know, you might have a London Brown Ale, mm-hmm. which is where you're going to find one of those. I mean, True. what did we see when we were down there last time? There was a, a smoked porter? Was yeah. A smoked yeah. porter. Yeah. 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 Collaboration with Jackie O. So they kind of cover... Everything from old world English styles to modern hazy IPAs, they cover them all. All right, so that's the nine spots. So moving up to number eight. Number eight. Seventh Sun. Can't argue with that. Love Seventh Sun. A lot to like about Seventh Sun, of course. What would you say are the top things, Mark, that uh, put Seventh Sun on your list? The owners are great. Sure. And Um, and, uh, of course, also, is really cool. The brewers, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like the upstairs room, retractable roof, view of the brewery. It's a beautiful space. It's, it's really nice. They've done a lot. They, I also like their satellite or sister locations, as you would call them, the Getaway and also Antiques on High. Antiques on High might win the award for the most 70s decor, beautiful bars in town. Like It's really like stepping back into a, a really cool cocktail lounge, and I love it. And I, you know, I've not made Antiques on High. I keep meaning to. I know I need to do it. I've been to Getaway several times. Yeah. Super cool. And I love how they do their sister locations because they really do different branding. It's a whole – and they go all in, which I oh, think yeah. is, is super cool. But that get, diorama above the bar, forget it, about it. Amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. Here's a question. On my criterion, you know, I, I said, well, I'm going to look at the top three beers and compare yeah. those. What would your top three Seven Sun beers be? Stone Fort. The brown ale, which just won a medal at the GABF this That's year. right. The strong ale, their original strong ale, Fantastic. Seven Sun, that was their first beer so ever. Good. That was when they were going to be called the Born Brewing Company, and their beer was named Seven Sun as a strong ale. And I think Nimbus just holds up. Humanist Nimbus is just a great pale ale, super pale, whatever you want to call it, bordering IPA. For a while, I was doing these contests Ohio versus the world, and I would pick an Ohio beer versus like a beer mm-hmm. that is famous across the world. And we did Humulus Nimbus versus Zombie Dust. Yeah. And it was very difficult to choose between those two. Yeah. yeah. That's high praise. What about you, Bill? Those are great beers. The original Seventh Sun, Seventh Sun, Q Iron Maiden song right here. I love that beer. That's one of my very favorites. And then their Murmuration is just an amazing beer. Big stout, barrel aged, just wonderful if you get a chance. Try that. In addition to Humulus Nimbus, the Proliferous. Yeah. Another great hot forward beer that they do. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. Maybe about two years ago, uh, Bill, you were on the show when we did an Imperial Stout one, and we did their Imperial Stout that was infused with Arabic coffee flavors. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Unique beer. I can't remember what it's called, but it was really, really good. I can good. remember yeah. the can. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what it's called. I remember called. turning Dan onto that. He fucking loves <laughs> yeah. Indian spices. He loved it. Uh, I mean, I like the ones that you guys mentioned, but also throughout Oubliette. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Which has been around for a long time, but a great great Imperial Stout. Great beer. Number seven is a favorite of anyone who's ever been in love. Here it is. Edison. Edison. Victor Isimovich III. That is my primary reason. Excellent brewer. Excellent lager brewer. Excellent classic styles. So not everybody who's listening might know who Victor Asimovich III is, although they should. Oh, you could go back and listen to an episode where he was on and learn more about him. That's right, the Bach podcast. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good one. But just to give you the TLDR update, Victor started at a brewery in Iowa, I think it might have been called Millstream Brewing. That's correct. Which was very much authentic German-style beers. Let's see. Then he went to... 
Goose Island? Goose Island. He helped start Goose Island in their infancy. Yep. He was their original brewery at the Clybourne facility, yep. which I just heard news this week is closing down. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's already a lot, but then he came to Columbus yep. and Hoster Brewing Company, yep. the revival in the nineties. Oh man, he led that Wonderful. up. And, and Mark, of course, you have a lot more memories than Bill. Oh and I yeah, about that one. So I, I spent so much time in that brewery, both the brewery and the tap room, over the years, and drank beer right off the fermenters. The Captivator Doppelbach parties around Christmas time were second to none. Everything was just high class. You paid one dollar amount to get in, and once you're in, the beer came with it. Just an amazing food spread. They'd always have a band, and it was a gala event. You would dress for this. It was great. You know, the other thing I will just say is, I mean, very authentic in the approach to German brewing. So they do, for example, krausening out there. Yes. Right? right? They don't force carbonate the beers. They let them carbonate in the tank. They do a bunch of stuff that is very, let's say, authentic and accurate to the way beer would be made in Germany. And reclaims the CO2 for the serving. That's right. Yeah, And only German malts. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Victor's so, great. Yeah. Can't say enough positive things about him. What's next, Bill? At number six, and the countdown doesn't stop till we get to the top. It's number six, and I would have had this one up much higher, but I get it. My favorite, and number six on our collective list, is Stas Brewing from up in Delaware. Definitely not in Columbus, so that's probably where there's a little disconnect for Pat and I, but what a great space. What a great brewery. They, too, outside of the Outer Belt, but have Cascale on. Every week, they brew a great amount of styles, both from English to Belgian. Great brews. Yeah. I mean, I love this place. And uh, one of the things you've got to say, they're they're about 10 years old now. Is that yeah. right, Bill? Yeah. Just celebrated 10 yeah. years. And they brew on a half-barrel system. Yeah. And they're open three days a week. And, you know, at the beginning, I went up and did a story for the blog on them. Mark, you were with there. on that trip. Uh, we ran into Rick Arman at, yep. at, on that trip. Sure and, did. Uh, anyway... You know, I thought, well, I wonder if you're going to, you know, expand a little bit because that's ca- actually kind of a hard business model. But you know what? They've stayed entirely true to their roots. Oh, yeah. And whenever you go in there, you just feel at home. You know, Mark, you mentioned earlier, you know, the service is a big deal to me. To me, Stas is a great example of I brought tons of people up there who've never been to any brewery up in Delaware. And they're greeted like friends. They're they're treated well. Service is always outstanding. It's not a members only club, despite the fact that it is a very small neighborhood pub. Liz and Don, fantastic people, fantastic place. They excel in Belgian styles. They also do the English and traditional German styles very very well. I would tell anybody if if you love Belgian beer, make the trip to Stas. I'd second that. Dipping into the top five now, gents. Well, here at number five is Wolf's Ridge. Great brewery. There's a lot to like about Wolf's Ridge. I mean, first of all, they make a wide variety of styles, right? You've got stouts like the Dire Wolf and big beers like Barley Wines. I think kind of underrated for their lagers, probably. Yeah, and that Buchenrock is amazing. Ooh. Smoked lager. Yeah, that's a fantastic beer. And yeah. has won a lot of awards, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the Daybreak. Also won a lot of awards. It has yeah. won a ton of awards. And I would say... In Ohio, you would find a lot of coffee cream ales. Go to another part of the country, and I'll tell you, you probably won't. <laughs> yeah. And that's all basically because of Wolf's Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about Wolf's Ridge. What impresses me about Wolf's Ridge, aside from everything you mentioned, you know, the beer is always very, very good. Their service is outstanding. It, it is the best service 
of anywhere yeah. on the ale trail. And that scratches your itch. How many times you go to a place and you see your food, you know, sitting, waiting, and there's multiple servers walking by, but it doesn't matter because they're not your table. At Wolf's Ridge, that won't happen. You'll be engaged by virtually every single person on staff. They engage you. If your food's ready, whoever's nearest grabs it and brings it to you. Fantastic service model. Great focus on it. I love it. All right. Number All right. four. Number four. One that we've talked about a lot already. Gamut. Gamut. They do what they do, and they do it well. One of my criteria was, like, where is a place that, um, you know, does something that you don't find everywhere? If they do some things really well, that's worth more than doing a lot of things pretty good. Gemüt makes excellent German-style beers. It's a beautiful venue, right? And they've got food there, German food. Excellent German-style food. I mean, my heart lies in Bavaria. I love their food and beer. Food's great. Bat, you mentioned it's cool space. The stained glass. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, those windows. Like, those are really cool. I just gape at them every time. They, yeah. It's beautiful. hard to take a bad photo of your beer in front of Agreed. the stained glass. <laughs> beautiful. Windows. So, I mean, for a place that says, hey, this is our niche and we're going to nail it, you know, yeah. you can't do any better. They nail it. All right. Top three. Top, top three. Top three. Oh, man. I got to pour a beer for this. All right. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's do it. Okay, so we are now drinking, as we get into our top three, Jackie O's Salt. It is a stainless steel conditioned American sour ale brewed with coriander and sea salt. So this is basically a gosa. That's pretty good. A little softer on a palate as far as sourness goes. No, it's very drinkable. And I think like a gosa should be, not quite as sour as, let's say, uh, a Berliner Weisse might be. Yeah. Yeah. And we're refreshing. Yeah. Very refreshing. refreshing. Should be. All right, Bill. Take right. the mic. All right. In the three spot. At number three. That's right. It's... Who farted? I can't argue with that. This is another brewery that in some ways has a certain thing they're known for, mm-hmm. which is the IPAs. You know, they were doing hazy IPAs before anybody wanted their IPAs to be hazy, right? Oh, definitely. And Hetty Topper invented it. They perfected it. And it, we're lucky to have them in Ohio. I know they're world-renowned for their hazy IPAs. Maybe my least favorite style, but they nail it. I love Hoof. I think they're phenomenal brewer. I love their branding. I love their attitude. You know, Mark, you and I were talking about just the space up there in Marengo. So much fun. We watched Better Off Dead last night, but I could not not watch that and not have a glass of Hoof yeah, uh, to, you go, the, to go along with it. Cheeseburgers with the uh, Eddie Van Halen guitars. No, it's... For, it, the everybody wants some branding on their absolutely single dry opt hazy IPA. They crush the haze. Um, I think their adjunct stouts are also fantastic. You know, their barrel aged stouts. I have people come from out of state who love hops. Yeah. And I take them to Hoof and they're just like, wow. Like they're they're blown away. Oh yeah. On over the top beers, they just fucking nail it. You know, interestingly, I went out in the spring and I hung out with Trevor Williams, who's the main man who farted, right? We had a conversation about the history of the brewery and things like that. And we just drank Pilsners while we were there. Yeah. So, you know. They've got some diversity on their tap list. Absolutely. And, you know, so more diversity that I would say than Mm -hmm. Gamut. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, their footprint nationally is also a lot bigger. The branding, the concept, it takes actually a lot of balls to name your brewery after a fart joke. Right. And then to do all that great uh, art with Tom Lesnar. Yeah. And, you know, and they have totally stuck to it through the years. Well, what's the tagline? As much class as David Lee Roth and... Assless Chaps or yeah. Yeah, something hey, like that. That's yeah. pretty classy yeah. in my book. <laughs> hey, let me also say, 
it's a pretty interesting listen to go back to one of our very early episodes yeah. where we had Trevor Williams on, and this was just when the uh, tap room down in Italian Village was about to open. Sure. So if you want a historic look back at Who Farted and a great discussion on Van Halen songs, oh, yeah. go back to that I one. I think that was episode three. Three or four, something like that. I think we ranked our best Van Halen songs. Yes, we did. Top five. We did, yeah. That's a great listen. Trevor likes Van Halen too, by the way, quite a bit. Uh, why not? How can you argue with that? Can't argue. All right. Only two left. Only two. It's like Christmas Day. Christmas <laughs> Eve, anyway. <laughs> and now, before we hear number one, at number two, CBC, Columbus Brewing Company. Yep, they're great. They could easily be number one if another brewery hadn't recently come to town. They don't miss. Everything they do, I think, is just incredible. I love their beer. Beer Hall, such a cool space. I mean, their commitment to everything they do is just out of this world. Yeah. Let's take, for example, fresh hop slash wet hop beers. Yeah. And they don't mess around with this stuff, right? Tons of them. More than can be drank when fresh. They <laughs> yes, exactly. brew so many. And talk about their commitment. So, you know, Yakima Fresh, which is arguably their biggest seasonal release, and, you know, people go crazy for that. And it's such a great wet hot beer. And, you know, the one year, they dumped it. Yeah. They, yeah. And, because they decided this is not up to our standards. That's impressive. And, you know, that's something to be said for a top 10 brewery. Keep your experiments in the back of the house. You don't mm-hmm. want to put a beer on tap that you wouldn't want to drink yourself. Don't be afraid to pour your batch yeah. out. And, of course, the new space that they have over on the east side, that's a great space. Oh, yeah. The beer hall. Yeah. Fantastic space. And we, are, we already talked also about the food. I mean, their the food, food is pretty darn good. It's fantastic. And, it, you know, when they released lagers, you know, they did check pills. Well, oh, yeah. Now they've, they've got a side pour tap. You oh, know, yeah. And they do sours also very well. Not very many, but a few. And once again, if they're going to do it, it's going to yeah. be good. Okay, we're going to need okay. a big drum roll for number one here. This You could use a gong, maybe. How about a Megadeth intro drum <laughs> solo? Great. Debuting all the way up at number one. Jackie O's. Jackie O's on fourth. Man, it was pretty hard. Between CBC and Jackie O's. That's splitting hairs. They're both amazing. Amazing spaces, amazing beers. They do everything right. Food may be good. Jackie O's, we'll find out when good friends. I get there when they're opened. I've heard they're pretty damn good, though. Wario's, it's amazing. Well, we've been drinking the sours, Mm -hmm. and we already talked about their sours, so I don't want to go on about it. But I will say that this uh, salt, this Gosa... Man, such a crushable beer. Very good. Oh, yeah, that's great. And when I asked you guys where to get barrel-aged stouts, I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah, definitely Jackie O's. Oh, yeah, their, their barrel-aging program is fantastic, and their big dark beers are just so incredibly good. I'm, I'm ready to reload my stock this week. I'll ask you guys, your favorite Jackie O's beer ever? Oil of Aphrodite. That's easy for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beer. I don't care if it's in a barrel aged or they do bourbon barrel, rum barrel, brandy barrel I've had over the years, but really just straight up black walnut character. They roast those. They're amazing. It's it's really good. I, I definitely got to go with the stout. Oil of Aphrodite is great, and I'd be happy with that. Although just in our beer advent calendar yesterday, we had the Dark Apparition. Yeah. Whew, it's that amazing. Is a, and that's, there's no adjuncts or anything in that yeah. beer. And that's so, in a can. Comes in a can. So good. It's a great beer. I've never had a Jackie's beer that I haven't loved. 
my very favorite and blew my mind, uh, Rip the Script. Don't think they bottle it. That's real current. It's aged in some kind of Brazilian wood or something, and it picks up these flavors that are, like, it doesn't yeah. taste like an adjunct beer. Yeah. They're very subtle flavor. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I've had that a couple times recently. We, eh, yeah. I've got a group that normally we meet every Thursday at Bodega, but we got thrown out of Bodega, and now we've been going to Jackie's. Oh. Another podcast. Well, they decided they're letting us back in Bodega now when they saw the profits dip <laughs> for Thursday <laughs> afternoon. But Mark's a celebrity. We, yeah. Jackie's, we're kind of stuck over there now, though, because they are so damn good. So good. Yeah. You know, we were talking about great beers, but I also, I mean, Pockets of Sunlight and some of the saisons they oh, make yeah. are also, you know, fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And there's a lot of them, and they're great. Yeah. And also, just so happy for our friend Johnny Clift, who is like kind of this idea of bringing Jackie O's to yeah. Columbus was a dream his of his. And he worked on it for a long time. You can yep. go back also to an old podcast, uh, Halloween of Jackie O's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a fun uh, talk with Johnny. So who could argue with that? Well, that's a good list. It's a great list. So screw you, Columbus Underground. <laughs> that's the way you do it. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, sure. I really want to thank you two for arguing about where the best sours are that made Mark go out and buy all these Jackie O sours I, for the podcast. That was uh, my podcast. plan all along. <laughs> Very clever, Bill. Well played. <laughs> Cheers, gents. All right, cheers. cheers. Thanks. Thanks.